people of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Derek, how's it going? Good morning, Rick. It's morning, right? It I, is morning. I haven't slept in hours. Um, I, just, I just had so much, and I have so much, and I was up late. Uh, You've been busy. Putting up, uh, yeah, up, say, up late processing photos, and uh, then I slept for a few hours, and then I got up, and because I, I had to. I have been busy. I uh, just so excited by some of the things I saw yesterday, and uh you know timing has been good and uh today there is uh the oh, amazing spider-man panel is, is ah. uh amazing spider-man 2 they're gonna unveil electro but uh as i walked around yesterday uh you know the other thing we added to the website was um that fox unveiled the sentinels from uh days of future past this was the hard rock at the Hard Rock. So next to the Electro <laughs> Electro arrives display, there was the front door, you know, the the front entry to the to the Hard Rock, and then on the other side, suddenly they had set up a booth from Trask Industries, um, and uh, which is uh, Bolivar, referring to Boulevard, Boulevard Trask, Trask. Yeah. Uh, rumored to be the character that uh, Peter Dinklage is playing in X Men First Class, uh, not First Class, but X Men Days of Future Past. And uh, so they, there was a man in a black suit and then other people wearing, like, caps for Trask Industries handing out postcards. And then uh, was an actual – a Mark I Sentinel uh, head. And so it says – yes, the postcard says uh, it's uh, bring your friends and family to see Boulevard Trask's crowning achievement, the original Sentinel Mark I production model. How big, how big was that head? It's hard to tell in the photo. It's uh, – it's not much larger th- than uh, a regular human head. Okay. So I don't think they're – at least the Mark One looks not to be going for the whole giant thing, which had been used. Like we have – didn't they show the danger room in X-Men The Last Stand? And I think the beginning uh, had been uh, Wolverine slaughtering, slicing through a sentinel. Yeah, I think so. so. So, uh, you know, the, and that was giant size. So they'll, um, you know, they'll come back around. And, and I should mention, I meant to get this up, is that Fox is uh, is also tying in, launching a Comic-Con this weekend, that there's, there's going to be another special packaging of all the X films together on Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> so you can get, get the whole continuity? Yeah, the whole continuity that makes no sense. Yeah. And includes two movies you don't want to really watch, but still, uh, you know. Though I think you get swept up, <laughs> you know. I, I, we're harsh, um, I, you know. I believe there are people that really like The Last Stand, and they're just not on the internet, you know. <laughs> I, I, I I caution us all uh, who run who work on websites is, you know, the internet is still really as far as those people getting outraged and commenting and critiquing and criticizing. I still think it's less than ten percent of the general population. At least the ones that are allowed. 
Yeah. You know, so um, I think that there are people that are like, yeah, I like The Last Stand. So, you know, I think it's a worthy it's a worthy package. I'm thinking about it because I don't really have any of them on on DVD. And uh, I'll put up with with sitting through X-Men Origins Wolverine if I've got a cheap deal on, uh, you know, the whole thing so that I've got uh, first class and then I'll have uh, oh, what would be the other one of the six then? This is, so it's three. Uh, maybe it's just five. Um, unless they're planning to say if you pre-order, you'll just because that's happening. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. We, we haven't even finished making the movie, but here's the pre-order for the DVD. <laughs> I mean, are you having that same problem with Amazon? Like a movie opens and then suddenly that day you're getting an email saying you want to, you know, I, that. I did just order the uh, Star Trek Into Darkness and uh, Iron Man 3 Blu-rays on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Well, but you, you know this, if you walk into Walmart, um, you can get a ticket to the movie and it guarantees your Blu-ray. Wow. So for Man of Steel, you could buy, you know, you could buy the ticket there. Um, you know, whatever's opening that week and they're already guaranteeing you that. And it's an interesting combo. In fact, Walmart got to sponsor, um, early screenings of, of man of steel. You'd buy the tickets and see it a day early. So, uh, you know, that's where it's all going, but that's not here in San Diego. Right. Um, which is weird. I haven't, you know, uh, I know there are screenings going around. I have not gotten into anything or been interested really. I mean, because again, still kind of being a one, person show i mean i know michelle is down here <laughs> and and he keeps commenting on <laughs> facebook postings going lol i'm here but he hasn't actually like said hey let's meet someplace or, usually you run into him like four or five times a day i know but you know i've been wandering around outside a lot too and that's yeah. and it's still one of the things because you know this the standing in line waiting for panels is uh that that's one aspect of it but uh i went around yesterday and i shopped because i was still trying to prep for the uh trivia contest that i'm hosting on sunday and uh i didn't want to carry the books around my hotel is close enough that i could walk back and that's when i discovered the sentinels and in addition to the sentinels that this show uh banshee on cinemax um from the creator of True, so Alan Ball's new series on uh, Cinemax. Have you seen or heard, I haven't of, heard of Banshee? Anything about this? Season one is done. I mean, I remember it was. Yeah, it's been very small, but in like last year, there wasn't a big push, um, and this year there is. This is amazing. So they've got uh, they've handed out. IDW has published a graphic novel prequel that they're just handing out on the streets. Um, and I'm I'm thumbing through it right now, and it's really good good artwork. I haven't had a chance to to read it yet, but uh, what I understand about the the show is that there's this ex con who goes in uh, the, to the small town that is supposed to get a new sheriff, and he meets the sheriff on the road to the town, uh, and uh, either accidentally kills him or the guy is dying, has been murdered, and he's found it. So he goes in and assumes the role. Oh, so the sheriff was heading in for his new job? Yes, and so he assumes the... That old chestnut. Well, you know, I, well, sure, there was a series called The Riches that uh, a few years ago that did this uh, similar thing, but not with the law enforcement. But it's a, but it's a corrupt... Uh, apparently, uh, from what I'm picking up, there's an Amish mafia... Uh, in it, and so it's it's quirky and it's violent and it's dark and um, people that 
uh, I know some some people have mentioned watching it and really enjoyed it, and I just don't know that many people that are watching it, you know, uh, because again, it's Cinemax, and I think you know most people have the HBO Stars combo or the Showtime and Encore combo, you know, from yeah. cable. Cinemax is still kind of out there a little bit, so um, you know, but, but it is coming uh, July thirtieth. Season one will be available on DVD, and and uh, so they're really pushing outside. Um, so there's these, uh, you know, uh, models, yeah, attractive young women dressed as Amish women, uh, and, uh, the sheriff will, uh, get your, uh, which I will post. I posted on Facebook last night, but I'll include in the photo calendar today. Uh, they'll take your photo as a mugshot. Uh, oh, I saw there. that. Yes. Outside the Omni hotel. So, I mean, there's, you know, and there's fun things. So I'm going to try to go through today, um, there's an Ender's Game experience out in the park. Uh, be, make uh, sure you get some pictures of the Amish woman. I did. Don't okay. worry about it, Rick. <laughs> I, I, you know, really, when I'm taking my camera around, or actually my iPhone, uh, it is it is WWRD. What would Rick do? <laughs> I, um, I would I would pander to that Amish. Uh, no, I know, I know. The Amish <laughs> fetish audience is yeah, what we're going for. Exactly. Um, you know, and and that's the other thing. But overall, I just feel like. Like this is a comic con where you really see it has just spilled over into the town. Like, so I just I was with dinner with friends last night and they told me you know the King of the Nerds, the TBS game show, has taken over a storefront and it is a free cereal bar because nerds only eat cereal apparently twenty four so, seven. Yeah. So eight from eight to four, you can go in and get and and eat for free. You know, just have cereal. Um, I mean, that's all they have, but okay. Like, uh, I think somebody said eight different varieties of cereal and everybody's like, Ooh, um, <laughs> and I see a lot of those storefronts, you know, and like, uh, you know, which I put up last night, the Disney infinity is they just took over a storefront. I thought they were like, I thought from pictures from what they'd done at California adventure that this was like a bus and you'd go out on the bus and play. No. And they just went in and, uh, you know, set up stations all over. And so there's a lot of that, which means, again, there's a lot going on outside of the con itself that you don't have to have a badge for. Yeah. So people, you know, I don't know if this is good or bad. People can just come and swarm San Diego. I mean, well, it is good. You've got you've got the Geek and Sundry people, and you've got the uh, Zachary Levi. Levi. I, in fact, yes, I can, uh, I, because last night I was in here working, um, you know, I overlooked the entrance to Nerd HQ. So Nerd HQ and MTV2 had a huge party last night that was opened at seven o'clock and was free, uh, to the public, free food, everything. And it was loud and about, uh, I got back to my hotel room after going to the Disney Infinity, which was kind of like a cocktail party, but Disney, Disney fied. So it was soda and water, but there were, uh, but no, I mean, no, that was nice no, because, I, I... because it was kids. And last night was open to only D 23 members. So, um, you know, which is their fan club. Uh, which then they have D23, the expo, coming in uh, August 10th, I think. Um, and so, you know, it was it was nice. They had cocktails. They had hors d'oeuvres. They had a really you know, interesting quesadilla um, that had hot sauce and but like a cinnamon apple thing in the meat too. It was delicious. Wow. But, uh, you know, one of those, wow, well, that's a weird combo. They had a lot of weird combo things, but, you know, that's, that's the foodie thing. Um, so, you know, I thought I treated that last night as that was my party for the night and I'd come back and work, but at like 10 o'clock, 
huge fireworks <laughs> or over Petco Park. And I'm like, wow, I've got this perfect view from my window, except my window's a little dirty. Um, you know, but that's... Just, so you think that was the Nerd HQ people? Oh, I know it was because okay. it's over Petco Park. And I look down and there's the gate to Petco Park and they've, and they've got a projection saying Nerd HQ, Nerd HQ entrance right here, you know, and um, so... There, there's that. I still have to go and explore around. Uh, I'm going to interview Ross Ritchie today uh, over the Hilton Bayfront, and uh, so I'm going to explore the the lawn space in between there too, where I believe are the inflatable Teen Titans. Uh, there's a big Adventure Time interactive experience, and I think I, I you know, I'm going to take a shot and see what I can stand in line for today inside the convention center as well to experience. Like I said, outside, want to do the Ender's game and, and see what else is around. I, I haven't walked around as much as I, as I, as I wanted to, as, as I meant to yesterday. But again, a couple of you know news things popped up and I wanted to get them posted. So, because the other thing is it's really, really hard to even tweet from within the, uh, the convention center. There's just, so much, I guess, slamming of data on the 3G network. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm doing Shakespeare in the Park in the mountains right now, <laughs> and I'm getting a more consistent signal in the park where we were told we will get no service than I'm getting out of the convention center. Hey, I had a, I had a question for you. When a movie theater or a movie production company decides that they're going to do Comic-Con, do they pay Comic Con for the slot they have in Hall H or in, uh, in yeah? The ballroom? They do. They do. They pay uh, like you know Warner Brothers has their big. I shouldn't say big. You know, like Warner Brothers is very sparse this year. Um, you know, they used to have, they had the water tower. They had flames one year, and now yeah. it's just kind of it, it, you know they've got their layout, and that's and that's what I see is you know they've cut back, but. Uh, but yeah, you you pay for the booth space. I know you pay for the booth space, but I'm talking about the slot when you're when you're in Hall H. Oh, the Hall H slot. I'm sorry. You know that I don't know. I I that's that's an interesting question because uh, I'm wondering uh, how much if if that does cost if they have to pay a promotional fee to be able to use time in that event event room. I wonder if it what the balance is if they were just to go off site and get a hotel facility and run the same thing over and over again kind of thing. Shh, don't suggest that. Well, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things is... It seems like that's what they're doing in a lot of cases. Yeah, for, for you know, they're getting people hyped up outside. Yeah. You know, because, I, yeah, I was with my friends from college last night having dinner, and they are in for like just one or two days, you know, and, uh, my friend Albert was going to Wootstock last night. Uh, and, but he was asking kind of the same thing about, you know, it, it, which is a question you brought up many times too, is, you know, can San Diego still maintain, uh, the, the Comic-Con? Will it stay here? Uh, and I said, you know, I mean, I think out of nostalgia, um, and the city is working really hard to keep it. You know, they really are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the mayor's political tro- problems notwithstanding this week. But, uh, you know, that they've, we're all paying a little extra hotel tax, which is to going to expanding the convention center. And I know that there are other things that happen here for the rest of the year, but I read, but everything I read, and maybe that's, you know, we're nerd centric, is that it is the geek, you know, it is the, it is Comic Con 
that really is this huge influx of 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 uh, money. And I said, and that's you know, so I, I think we're at something that Morgan Spurlock suggested a year ago, and uh, and I and I don't know, but I think that Comic Con as an entity will have to try it. Is uh, maybe Hall H will be something that is simulcast across the country? Yeah. Well, I mean, Hall H is always a problem because let's say you want to get into a two o'clock showing of a movie. Uh, oh, yeah, the panel. And, yeah. and you don't care about anything before that, but you're still in line at 6 a.m. Yeah. And so you're matter, taking right? a space in that room that somebody who didn't get in would love to be in. Yeah. But you're not going to leave it because you want that 2 o'clock slot. And it's just one of those things where if if they took it out of the big event space yeah, and made it something that ran a number of times during the day, It'd probably be more effective, and uh, you have happier people. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, well, I don't know. I think there are people that really, really want to be there in that room, and I used to be. You know, when I first when I first came to Comic Con years and years ago, it wasn't Hall H. I think it was Ballroom Twenty. Uh, you know, well, it's both the, the Ballroom and the and Hall H. Are both like terribly well now? Difficult to get yes, into, but yeah. I'm saying when I was when it was when, it was just the twenty. Actually, I think even the first time I came, the big room was was room six. Um, wow. you know, I mean, that's how long it's been. Um, and You're I old. I, I well, <laughs> this is my thirteenth or fourteenth Comic Con, and uh, yeah, I think it was uh, room six when. Uh, Brian Singer uh, got up to you know present X Men, uh, the first one, and um, you know that that was just that was like you go oh cool it's good you get to go back home and you say yeah I saw this or uh, I think Ballroom Twenty where I saw uh, Sam Raimi show first footage from Spider Man and I'd go back home and tell people. And yeah, you know, we had email, but uh, web 2.0, YouTube, all that hadn't really taken off. And now I feel like, well, you know, by the time I'm so, we're so connected. As I told Dave Tapia the other night, you know, I kind of miss having him here because he was always so good at reading everybody's feed, you know, the Twitter feed. And, you know, you'd be in a hotel room and he'd shout out, hey, did you see this? Did you see this? And so it's like, I didn't even have to be, you know, I, I've lost that. I got to be in the room because somebody's going to leak that footage, uh, you know, on, onto YouTube within an hour. And you got to see it before they take it down. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, or, or really now I think the other, the other is the studios are leaking it. Hmm. You know, I mean, they do. It, it's like, you know, Sony put up, uh, you know, the, the electro arrives. I haven't seen anything yet for, um, Trask for for Days of Future Past, but uh, you know, like even tomorrow, and I put up this morning, this the same thing's happening with comics. Is that you've got this afterlife with Archie book coming, and the Hollywood Reporter puts the motion comic trailer on it. You know, they get the they're the ones that that, that get it in the first place, and so and it's going to be shown at the at the panel tomorrow. Well, but it's already out there. Yeah. You know, and so, and, you know, and that's comics and, you know, a lot of us are, are busy in the convention center, but it's still kind of like, you know, I could see if you don't really have to be in the place where there is an energy and I don't mean to sound uh, dismissive of being here. I really, 
I am finding this to be very, I am enjoying it again. And uh, just, just, I like being around people. But if you don't like being around people, go to the movie theater and see yeah. that, you know. And there are people that say that, you know, they, they, they'd go, but they don't like crowds. And it's like, well, okay, that's just one of the necessary evils of this thing. It is popular. It's probably, you know, uh, greater than the population of my hometown will be here for five days, you know, <laughs> and yeah. that's, um, which makes traffic a wonder. You know, one, another friend of mine was like, oh, I'll come in and, and grab a drink with you late. And I said, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to, because you're not actually downtown. You don't want to be downtown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're either here or you're not. And uh, so, yeah. So how was the floor yesterday? Was it as crowded as Thursday usually is or? It, it it felt crowded. Uh, the big thing I found very frustrating was uh, just the line to get in the line and the confusion because everybody says, you know, you got to be up against the wall, which sounds threatening. Yeah. Um, but there were so many different booths that had so many things people wanted to line up for that. Okay. So I guess I should, you know, I would never be caught is uh, <laughs> I had to stand in line. For the BBC America shop. Right. Now, last last year, I just, you know, we just, like, divided up, you know, okay, I'm going to go to the Hallmark, you know, and somebody else is going to go to BBC America, blah, blah. Um, so I was on my own. So it's like I didn't do that Wednesday night. So I, I stood in line for uh, – I went over to the BBC America shop. It seemed very calm. I went, wait a minute. What? This is too calm. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong. <laughs> it's, because, it's a trap. Well, yeah, it is. Because the line to get in there is over there. And then it is over against the wall. So I That's go over good because they did horrible line uh, control last year. Oh, that oh, was man. horrible. This year, I'm gonna, I, I do want to give them props. Um, you know, because really, BBC America is almost to the point of a cultural force – well, I mean, you have Gallifrey, but really, oh, yeah. it's not just Gallifrey One. They could just have a BBC convention in California, definitely. And because the big things, it's not just Sherlock now. Orphan Black, yeah, Orphan Black's the, exploding now. Orphan Black was exploding. So the the you know the hot item, and I saw this exchange happening in line was apparently they gave away buttons, and each button was a different clone, right? So, but they only gave away they gave away sets of two. But there were eight buttons, yeah. so people were off. Were like walking up and down the line to BBC America's, uh, uh, you know, to to stand the line to get in to actually buy things at BBC America, asking, you know, I'll pay you ten bucks right now, uh, you know, for for those two buttons. And I thought, oh, wow, I wish I'd gotten them because I would have gladly sold. You know, I mean, because yeah. buttons for me are like, yeah, you yeah, know, in a box. Yeah, they go in a box, and then I, years later, I go, "Why do I still have this?" And you know, it was cool at the time, and <laughs> so no, but that, um, I mean, that show, I mean, is it's amazing, but it took off so slow, and that I think it's really, when the D, when the DVDs come out, I think it's going to be when it's going to really just go nuts. Yeah, and I'm thinking about get, getting those DVDs because I, I do want to catch up with that show, and and. Uh, I might be having an article coming. Somebody I know is uh, going to the panel this morning about women. Entertainment Weekly is posting it: women who kick ass in 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 sci-fi. And the lead of I, I don't know her name, but the, the lead of Orphan Black is going it's to be like there. Italian on a monoscopy. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, you know, and she's a great actress because I mean, they're amazing. Showing, they are showing uh, at the BBC America booth. Like just a little bit of brief of who's your favorite doctor, 
and then they just but orphan black is over and over and over on the big screen you know i mean because they know that's what they've got now suddenly the big blow up but the bbc america booth you know has for the 50th anniversary uh the uh fourth doctor's scarf the actual scarf is there on display the first doctor's costume and matt smith's costume and and i took a photo for you uh was uh uh corwin's red dress from um asylum of the daleks so um very nice yes so that's there on display and they don't have a lot of they don't have a lot of a fo- of a footprint and that's a booth that could afford to be larger you know it really could because of the of the insanity but anyways you know they had us up they sent me over to the wall stand in line and there's a line for uh, Chris Carter was there signing something from X-Files at another booth. So there's a group of people stand, holding a sign going, no, no, we're here for X-Files. Then there was a rumor that John Barrowman was going to show up from, you know, Captain Jack from Torchwood and Arrow, uh, the, the Dark Archer from Arrow, uh, you know, that he was going to sign autographs somewhere. So there were people just forming a line on the hope. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't find anybody who would, who would admit to being in line to buy things from BBC America. So I was really frustrated and it was because they they kept they had to play these games with the security and saying we're capping the line right can't get in line but you can stand here waiting for the moment right <laughs> that i'm going to let 10 more people get in the line right so i was literally in a line to get in a line <laughs> okay. to then go over and i made that joke but it finally actually happened to me so. The the line uh, for Star Trek, they would just lead lead you through in like a conga line mm-hmm. from the yeah. wall to the yeah, which is what what had which what happened yeah, and then people tried to cut in, but we all had numbers yeah, you know? so I mean they were doing it was it was it That's was much better than last year yeah it was as it was as well organized as it could be considering its chaos. So what's the most embarrassing thing you bought at BAPC America? Um, no, I don't think I bought anything particularly embarrassing. No. I, they had Daleks, uh, TARDIS socks. So I had Dalek socks from last year and now. Okay. Well, it's not embarrassing to us. I, very I, tasteful. I uh, um, you know, and then they had a 50th anniversary t-shirt that was exclusive to Comic-Con. And then I, I wouldn't say embarrassing. It was the Mr. Potato Head. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. 11th Doctor. I don't think that's embarrassing. No, like, I'm as soon kidding. as I saw it, I had to have it. And, uh. I I I tried to be cool because of course you know Richard Starkings uh, was over by is over by Raphael's booth and and of course like you know I like Richard a lot and, and we know he's a big Doctor Who fan so I had to go over there and go Richard Richard do you know about this and he looks over and he goes please I have two already <laughs> <laughs> I was like I should have known better than to mess with Starkings yeah. damn it you know. <laughs> uh, it, it was a friendly contempt after all I had of course. You know, Spent one hundred fifty dollars in his booth on Wednesday night. <laughs> so you know that was the big thing, and then you know went over to Torpedo Comics, which is still you know fifty percent off all the graphic novels and trades uh, and collections. So you know filled in some archives uh, gaps, and I may go back and still. You know, I'm like, why am I? Why don't I not just go ahead and finish it? You know, finish some of the series that I'm trying to get. There's um, a definite benefit to driving to Comic Con instead of taking a plane because I'm always looking at stuff going, how much is that way? Well, I know, and, and, and in years past, and even this year, you know, like after I get finished here, I'll take a shower and I will go and get my get the Mattel consignment so that your your Mattel toys can come. <laughs> Thank you ever so much. 
So, you know, and, and that's, and, and luckily we did, yeah, this year it's not that much, but you know, that's, uh, anyway, you know, so, um, let's see what else was going on. Uh, yeah, I, I stayed away. There's, uh, you know, there were, there were a few announcements out of DC and, uh, uh, and out of, um, out of Vertigo in particular, there was a, a, a big panel about how they're really going to push. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, so and I, I'm looking there. Apparently there was a, no, I mean, I'm looking and, and it's not much. Oh, I think the big thing that came out, uh, yesterday was somebody confronted and we've never talked about it on, on the, uh, the, um, podcast, but, uh, someone did confront, ask Harrison Ford, uh, because they did the Ender's Game panel yesterday, and they asked Harrison Ford how he felt about Orson Scott Card's uh, homophobia. Right. And, uh, you know, so for anybody not aware, though, really, I, it's one of those things where I don't know how people could not be aware, but I'm sure there are uh, people oh, there that are. haven't yeah. really paid attention to this. Even with uh, fandom, within fandom, people with, don't all know this. Yeah, is that uh, there's been a, a move to boycott the film uh, because Orson Scott Card is. I'm going to go ahead and use this adverb virulently. Um, he would claim not homophobic, but I'm going to say anti-homosexual. Right. Because I don't think that homophobic is an accurate word when it's not. It's not about fear. It's uh, like an, uh, when you're aggressively against something, that's not a phobia. Yeah, it's a tr- it, it, and it's a truly unreasoning, you know. And when I say unreasoning, I mean there is no argument. He comes back, he because I, I had read this years ago, and it troubled me then. But it was it hadn't become the big political football. He was just expressing his views, and I still could separate out his writing, and I still kind of can. But uh, you know that he had said it's like well, he's coming from a very conservative uh, religious viewpoint. Um, which the, the, the thing that I find sh- stunning and I want to go to bat for the, um, Mormon church because he is a well-known Mormon, um, is that his viewpoint is not really particularly shared by the leadership of the church. Um, you know, for a while, I think he was misinterpretation and I'm not saying that, uh, that the church itself has become stunningly liberal, but for who they are and where they've come from, yes, they are moving. Uh, it, uh, I said before to people, it's a glacial. It may be a socially glacial pace. For well, he, those, he was oh, well known for being uh, Mormon before the whole gay thing came up. Right, right. I know, but what I'm and saying. So it's just like people just don't understand. Don't when they don't know about two, you know, one thing, they'll associate that with with something else that comes up. Well, but for a long time, see, the thing is that there are – I've certainly encountered many members of that church who uh, believe that, uh, that you know, obviously marriage is uh, between man and a woman and that is a gift from God and that God uh, did uh, – that, uh, you know – which is finally people are waking up to. This is just not true. You know, that uh, if the belief is homosexuality is a choice and then becomes homosexuality is a sin, um, you know, so that's, yeah. that's where he's coming from. And I feel, 
I feel compassion for that. Uh, I find it very frustrating to argue with people like that, uh, <laughs> but right. but I feel compassion, and I, I do feel the understanding of look, you've been raised to, and you've been and you've interpreted scripture, you've interpreted your belief, and you know if you are a really really dedicated to your faith, I do understand how that gets very locked in. But Orson Scott Card had also become. Uh, uh, I think at one point president of an of a political organ, action organization that was against gay marriage and that he had gone further and he wanted to outlaw homosexual activity and uh you know that was the way to protect society so uh he's made an, a public apology but it's really not an apology it's more like uh look you guys won okay uh. <laughs> and the book is set 200 years in the future and you know, and, and uh, where these issues aren't even a thing, your side is one. Can we just move on? He's not really apologizing. He's just like, mm. uh, he does sound very whiny. But David Gerald, of all people, uh, you know, came out and said the thing is uh, that the reality is for the movie, don't boycott the film because a lot of people, uh, you know, it's, it's, Orson Scott Card's already been paid, right? You well, know, a lot, a lot of people might know that. Gerald They're was openly lot. gay, so. Oh yes, I'm sorry, and uh, that that that, um, but so you know, David Gerald's point was, you know, that Orson Scott Card has already been paid. The people who may have money dependent upon right how this movie does do not share his social views, and that's what Harrison Ford said last night. This is a stupid argument. Uh, you know, th- those aren't my views. Um, and in fact, if you look at what Ender's Game is about, it's about humanity coming together, uh, <laughs> even though it's to fight a common enemy, you know. Um, and to the point that I've heard people say, like, well, that's why, you know, the aliens are called buggers because Orson Scott Card is homophobic. And I'm like, no, they're called buggers because they're insects. Um, that yeah. makes perfect <laughs> Let's go back sense. to Heinlein, too, right? Yeah, yeah, that made perfect sense to me. I never went, oh, it's a, it's a metaphor for homosexuality. Yeah, I never got um, that. You know, so I'm not political on either side. I guess maybe that's the thing. But anyway, so you know, that was probably the biggest controversy of yesterday. Finally, somebody talking to him about it. Um, oh, and uh, I just noticed that. Uh, oh, uh, Fox also accidentally on Tumblr put Days of Future Past characters on photographs of characters. Yes, and then pulled them, but they've been saved into the archives because nothing disappears. Everything is forever. This is a safe. Uh, uh, Xavier, uh, Magneto, Bishop, and uh, who is the Colossus? Place? Colossus, yeah, and and Beast. But what is interesting is, uh, you know, that once again, it is all the older versions, and they're all in black armor. And the fact that Bishop's there, I really had kind of bleeped that Bishop was in this, and you know, Bishop is not in the uh, original story. No, he he's was yeah, much yeah. later. Yeah, so out of, a man out of time kind of thing, that you're, so you can associate. Well, it makes it sense with, because you yeah. you know you do realize that you know everybody has to realize they've already you know picked and pulled and cannibalized the best of what they thought the storylines were for the first three movies anyway, and so you know the continuity is screwed up, and yeah. this movie is Days of Future Past is going to I don't know if say fix it, but uh, it's an <laughs> opportunity reboot. It's going to be an opportunity, yes. So, um, anyway. Um, and one other thing I picked up yesterday, I went to the Boom Booth, uh, which I, I, I love them, and I talked to Stephen Grant. I bought two guns 
the graphic novel of which the upcoming Mark Wahlberg uh, Denzel Washington film is based on. And so I had a, I, it was more of an informal conversation because I didn't know if people were going to be back. But uh, that was nice. Stephen Grant, of course, had you know written, uh, I think was one of the people that was really very, very formative on uh, The Punisher. And uh, interesting writer and uh, often writes for comic book resources, used to write a regular column for them of just politics and wrestling. And, and uh, oddly enough, he claimed, as people always do, but they might have confused, is that he remembers my name and remembers Fanboy Planet from a few times of actually my shooting emails to him about wrestling coverage and things. Like, I actually did ask him for clarification years ago about things that, like, Chris Garcia and Michael Goodson were writing. <laughs> <laughs> So he actually had been very <laughs> kind enough to to help me out. <laughs> so um, I'd never met him face to face, and 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 uh, it was really a, a very pleasant conversation. And the guy very excited because here's a writer that's in is like he's got to be again the age of you know maybe early sixties, but I feel like a little older. But you know, like and I've seen him where he's looked just really tired at cons, and he is so excited. Um, so I'm hoping two guns is really good, but even if it's not good, I'm, I'm looking at this going, I'm seeing this guy, this, this writer who's got this really second win at his age, you know, um, because I think like, even when we talk about, you know, like I, Len Wein is, uh, actually on a panel today because there's a Blu-ray of Swamp Thing coming out Wow, and, uh, <laughs> Which we'll get later. I talked to Shout Factory about that yesterday, and we'll we should be getting the Blu-ray. Um, but so Len Wein and Adrian Barbeau are on a panel today, and uh, but you know Len in comics is not someone you'd say you know gets the little throwaway things like the um, DC Legends uh, miniseries of a year or two ago, you know, um, because they're they're being treated. And I guess I came in Marv Wolfman and all those. They're being treated as that's the past. We're not, you know, you guys built all this, but we don't, we don't need you anymore right now. Thanks. Yeah. And and to find like I know Marv Wolfman has gone into he's a big video game writer, and but now I think that's going to the younger guys because I know that you know Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray have been tapped for a lot of video games, and suddenly. Uh, you know that's that's going to be younger and younger, and so to see an uh, a writer, a good writer, at, at this, he's been kicking around for forty years in the industry. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, he has to have been. Yeah, um, you know, he's been kicking around that long, and for the first time, his work is being adapted. And you know, he says the one thing I think I can say at, at Two Guns is nobody wanted to publish this. And he said he knew he had something really good, but no publisher saw it. No, no one saw the potential that he saw. And then Boom Studios publishes it, and boom, it's the so first to speak. Work. Yeah, and it's <laughs> that it's the first work of his to be picked up for a movie. Yeah, you know, and here he's going. I I have this idea, and I remember when he first had the idea, and he put it in a column and said, like, you know, oh, I've got this idea, and. You know, nobody's believing in me, but I think I really think I've got something here, and so it was really cool to see that. So um, I'm trying to read through that a little bit um, today as well. And then, of course, um, I guess we haven't said on the podcast last night I did get to play Disney Infinity. I, I wanted you to I wanted you to talk about this. I had just written down. Don't let him not talk about Disney <laughs> Infinity. 
Well, what would you like to know, Rick? Uh, um, you already told me about it last night. I'm all hyped up. So hype up everyone else. So uh, the the whole the toy box thing. The toy box was a thing that I did not grasp. You know, I really did not. Can you pre-order that right now? I couldn't find it. What, the, isn't the there a toy, toy box? box package? No, toy box is built in. Okay, toy box is built in. Okay, so fine. toy box is is empty. You know, basically, it's a mode in the game. Um, and again, this is, I don't know how this, you know, like I have little big planet too. And, you know, I got a lot of things confirmed last night. I was talking to this, to this young, young guy demoing the game for me. And I said, you know, when I first, when the announcement was first made, what I described this to people is little big planet and Skylanders combined. And he said, no, you know, it's really not. And I'm like, no, it really is. You know, <laughs> it's like Disney Infinity. Where it's, I said, it's, it's Disney. I said, it's, you know, it's Disney Infinity. I said, I think you guys are doing it better, but this is, you know, still what it is. And, you know, my, you know, so I've, I've seen, you know, with, with this is, um, so toy box is like, <coughs> it's like you get an empty world. And as you both buy things, so you, as you can get those power discs that add objects, or uh, as you play in the play sets, the games. Because this is what's hard. They call them okay, play so sets. Okay, so I'm getting them mixed up with the play sets. Right. This is the problem. What the play sets are, are games. That is out and out what they are. So if you get the Lone Ranger play set, so when you buy the starter pack, um, which comes with the, I don't, they're not calling it a portal because that's what, um, Skylanders calls it and they have a different name for it. And I apologize. And I'm hoping somebody from Disney will write back to me today. I sent a, an email out. The figure and, interface. Oh, figure interface. Okay. That's good. All right. I, I like, I like portal. I like portal um, too. <laughs> you know, but that's okay. I totally get it. Uh, and uh so anyway um so the uh the figure interface comes with already either programmed in or you have the disc that the little disc that has this playset of pirates of the caribbean so that is like a game that is like if you were to buy this is the pirates of the caribbean game so like for cars it's going to be a race game is uh potentially and it, but not just a race game it's an environment. Okay. okay. So, and that's sold separately. So what you get with the starter kit is Pirates of the Caribbean, Monsters University, and uh, the Incredibles. So you have missions in those worlds where, so right now when you have the playset, you cannot take uh, Jack Sparrow and play Monsters University with Jack Sparrow. However, you can take elements of Monsters University that you have unlocked and freed up and put them in your toy box. And cool. so you can build then the toy boxes where you build your own games. And so, like, they have a crossover with ESPN, right? So there are things already built in there that in the toy box that they allow you uh not a football I, I saw a soccer ball maybe there is a football you can put you can put mr incredible in in running shoes you know or soccer shoes and and you can build a stadium and 
in the stadium has the field and you can put the you know the end end zone and you and I loved this. He says you can program like if so if you make a goal you score a touchdown. Well, it's not a touchdown because I saw him just kicking. Score so if you make a, so if you score if you make a field goal, you can control how wildly the crowd responds. You program that in, and I think now for me that's the kind of thing where. I because I don't have a lot of time to game. I'm probably going to be more in the playset mode. But my son and kids everywhere, this is what they do with their toys. Yeah, they'll do something repetitive over and over and over. But the thing I like to say, so I so I asked the guy and I said, now, so what you're saying is that if I if I go into toy box mode and I say I tell my son build me something for us to play a game, he and I can play it. So we could actually compete against each other in football in the stadium with characters from Disney. And, uh, you know, so so there was that. So you can build little, you know, they can, kids can build mini games. Well, adults can too. But I, I'm looking at it from, from the – because the, the one thing I see is there's an untapped at this point potential for education. And they, uh, you know, I'd heard, listened to a little bit of John Lasseter's speech when they announced, when they officially launched Disney Infinity in back in January. And, you know, he was like, I was impressed by the creativity. But in America right now, all our education, educational theory is going to, how do we help build creativity? And the answer is a game like this, which Little Big Planet 2, well, Little Big Planet and Little Big Planet 2 already sort of touch into, and there have been games that built towards this, yeah. but put the Disney brand on it, and the one element that Disney has over everything else, uh, I'll get to it in a minute, you know, is uh, is putting it above and beyond. But when I when the guy showed me the water slide, and I went, "Oh my gosh, how many hours that have I spent with my kids with that, with those, um, you know, railings, and then you build them up, and you put the marble, and you go down, and, you know, so it's gravity." And I said, "So this is physics. You're teaching a physics lesson, but they're calling it a water slide, so a kid can create a theme park, and if you get enough of the right elements, you can build Disneyland." Wow. And you can build those rides. Now, the flaw I saw, not the flaw, I, you know, because I'm like, oh, okay, you've handed me everything I could possibly have ever imagined. And now I just imagined something else and you can't do it. Now I'm annoyed. Um, it's like, you, can get, <laughs> you know, forget it. Forget it. Burlap around this gold. Forget <laughs> it. Um, you know, it's, um, is that uh, you get these, these uh, ha- uh, buildings. So I like the Haunted Mansion. So you get the Haunted Mansion, but you can't go into the Haunted Mansion. It is not its own playset yet. But see, that's the thing is I suppose if you – if they say went ahead and had a Haunted Mansion. Because here's what happens when I said, you know what I'm waiting for? I, I talked to a bunch of people working there you know, who have been I, – I, this is a dream job, people. Listen to this. These guys were, have trained for – they were two weeks forced to play Disney Infinity for four hours a day for two weeks. That's <laughs> Disney cast members. Um, you know, that was their job. Um, so they know things we don't know, you know, and it was, I got a lot of, you know, fixed grins and nods. Go, Isn't that interesting? So, you know, like I said, like the trailer had Jack Skellington, so I'm waiting for the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it, if that were to exist? You know, <laughs> so they can't confirm or deny anything. But the one thing, you know, the, this guy said is like, you know, we know we'll have a lot more things coming out in time for Christmas. 
Um, and I said, well, you know, the obvious is Marvel. He said, yeah, you know, he says Marvel's obvious. And then he leaped to, and, you know, since we bought Lucas, so you're going to get Marvel <coughs> and, and Star Wars. Wow. Games uh, available in there. They're going to take uh, over the world. Well, that's another thing I said was, I said, you know, I, when I described this game to my ch- my daughter, I said, you know, this, I don't know if this necessarily saves them money in game development, but this is a system within a system, essentially, that bypasses all the other systems because what it has over everybody else, over Little Big Planet and whatever else other people have is, is that the figures and the discs store the game experience. And... Disney is setting up a cloud. So right now on Little Big Planet, if a kid builds uh, an adventure or a task, a mission, and I've and my son has downloaded many, and we played them, and it's like you, you go on, you're limited to the PlayStation Network. And even when they had DC Universe uh, online from Sony, you could play online, uh, you could play on your PC, or you could play on the PlayStation but you couldn't play against someone who was on the piece who was on the other platform right right but now disney's got a clouded so he's got a cloud so that everything you build and if you choose to share because you have that option you don't have to be you can be as social as you want to be or as non-social as you want to be but if you share what you've built it doesn't matter what platform the other person is on they can play it that's just brilliant and, and it is and so this is now the thing is instead of um, saying Thor the Dark World is going to have an Activision game. And now I wonder if that's why Disney pulled the Avengers uh, movie game from development with Activision is because they now they could just sell you an Avengers playset. And not only would you get the game and the playsets are running about $35, so about $25 less than buying a brand new PlayStation 3 game or a brand new Xbox game. And not only do you get a game, you get figures that you get to store on your shelf or put on your desk. And, you know, and proudly blazing the, you know, that this is a figure, a character you like. Um, because I, I was just blown away, honestly, by their storage. I, I put a picture up of it. I wasn't as great as I'd hoped it was, but you know, it, 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 I just blown away by the variety of carrying cases and, and methods you could have of storing and or displaying what you have within this game. And it's, it's very neat. It's very well, well designed. And, um, you know, so when I said to this guy last night about, so you're planning, you know, you don't have to, you know, you, you don't have to go to out, out, outsource and, and localize to each, uh, each platform a separate game, and the guy said, "Yep, that's our plan." They, you know, is is the intention is that everything eventually will be played through Disney Infinity because Disney Infinity is unlimited potential as as a game, but it is a system within a system, and it's just going to be compatible with everything. And I think about it, and with the cloud, and with the game, with the figures remembering everything, it must make it easier to go up to. This is just a hypothesis, and you'd know better, but it must make it easier to go to PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, you basically, you just have to write whatever transform you need for that uh, system, and you probably don't modify that very much, maybe a couple times a year. Yeah, and so you've got really good backwards and forwards compatibility, and 
you know, Disney's just like it's like they looked at it, like they they've blinked slowly. They've given me the Nate Costa massless <laughs> glaze, you know, and blinked slowly and went, okay, Xbox One and PS4, you've just had all these fights, and we're staying out of this. And boom, they just threw their heavy paw down, <laughs> said, this is what it's going to be for us. Yeah, and I'm I'm sold, you know. Uh, because the thing I look at it going like uh, of the toy box mode for someone like me, you know, I, I, we say lame gamer, but the reality is, it's not that I'm a lame gamer as much as I don't have time to game. Right. Like if I if I I learn the rules of one game and then I get busy and then three months later I come back and I have to relearn it and that's why it sucks. But the but better, better term is casual gamer. I'm a, yeah, I'm casual and it, and if I can go into the toy box and just play a little something, I mean that's why I you know little apps on iPod, iPad and iPod have been fantastic, but you know, uh, but you can come back in and pick it up and just have a little fun. And, and the, it's a, it's a great family experience because the kids who do have the extra time have something that they can create, which is one of the big problems about video games and our consumer experience. Anyways, well, and this was exactly, and you and I, and you and I are on the same page about this. And I, I spread this to everybody I could last night within them. And I said, this is, this is why I'm enthusiastic is this is a game where my son is not a, is not just a consumer. Yeah. He's going to be a producer and he can impress yeah. you. Yes. And well, and the advantage I see and, you know, and Hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put this out on the podcast. I don't know if I've been you know specific about it is I don't live with my son. Uh, but I'm buying him the game as well. I'm buying a set for myself and a set for him, you know, and whatever he expands, <laughs> that's up to him, but I'm building for myself, you know? Uh, but the thing is that he can build, he, he can impress me. And on his own, he can build a world and say, dad, come play. Yeah. That's and, wonderful. And that's a connection. You know that we're, that we're gonna have, and I, you know, it's funny because I've had, I've heard that at Toys R Us, like I go in and, and I say I'm getting this for my son, and I, you know I want to have it for myself so I can I can play along, and the clerks go, wish my dad had played games. <laughs> <laughs> I go, hey, well, you know what your dad probably did that I didn't. He grew up. <laughs> it's like, um, he's probably better off in the long run, but, <laughs> but you know, I'm happy. It's okay. <laughs> so. Um, so that was my thing last night, and then, awesome. and then, you know, and then fireworks. So hey, today's goal: toys. Oh. Ross Ritchie. Uh, I think I, I think I might be going to a party tonight. I'm not sure. Did you see? Um, did you see Scribble? <laughs> so, did you see Scribble Knots yesterday? I did. Oh yeah, we talked. We didn't talk about that. I, I you know, and no, I love nothing better. I, I I really hate to like air dirty laundry. But I like nothing better than to be scolded by a publicist in an email afterwards saying, you didn't show up. Ooh. And because my person there didn't know. But when I showed up, nobody knew who I was talking about, who I was supposed to connect to. And they said, you're not the first person today looking for this guy either. We have no idea. They got six people at the DC booth going, do you know who he's talking about? Nice. Do you know who he's talking about? And then I get back to the hotel and I get an email from the guy saying, well, you didn't show up. I'm like, nobody knows who you are. <laughs> like, are you just randomly setting up appointments and assuming you'll get the contract? I don't know. I won't name names because I don't remember them. But, you know, so I played Scribble Knots. And my son has been playing that on. Um, uh, I think it's on, available on the Nintendo iPod. iPod. Oh, it's on the iPod. 
Okay. He has a version on iPod. Yeah. I don't know how uh, how effective it is. Um, but I like that game because it is a problem-solving thing. And often when he's playing it, he'll ask me, Dad, like, what's the word for this? You know, And you have to find solutions. And you have to type in solutions and create those things and let's see if that works. Yeah. And I really, I really like that idea. Um, and this one, Scribblenauts Unmasked, which is, I guess, going for the Wii U. Um, and uh, maybe the 3DS and the PS Vita a version, but I, I I watched the Wii U being demoed. I think the PS, uh, the I mean, part the the 3DS is probably a target. Yeah. So, um, anyways, but I watched the Wii U version, is what I'm saying. So, um, so I thought it was, it was very cute, and what I, I impressed that the characters go deep. Like the guy says, "Well, here, like, what if we're in the? You know, here we are in the Batcave, and it's very clear also that it's uh, it's Damien." As Robin, oh my! Um, because it's just it's just a very cranky, snotty Robin. <laughs> you know? So, um, but he says, "Let's let's just throw anti monitor into the mix." So you can type in anti monitor and anti monitor attacks. And what it really is, I think, almost all the characters are based are pulled out of what was used in Tiny Titans uh, by you know Baltazar and uh, Franco, right? Um, and uh, so. You know, it seems like a cute game. Um, I'm sure if you're a big Scribblenauts fan, it's probably more of the same, but with DC. And but that's probably enough for a Scribblenauts fan. <coughs> I'm sure you know when they talk about uh, you know like the complaint with Epic Mickey too was that it was just more of Epic Mickey. Well, that was adults. Every kid I know who's played that game has said, "Yeah, oh yeah, I felt the same, but I love it." Yeah. <laughs> A lot of more of the same. They, they they do. They want more of the same, and that's the and that's been the shame of, of that, you know. So I'm sure that's what Scribblenauts is. And then I also played Arca or or watched. I should say I didn't play. I watched Arkham's Arkham Origins Blackgate. Right. And that's going to be for the handhelds. That'll be for the PS Vita and the Nintendo 3DS. And it is a game that is separate from Arkham Origins, taking place three months. After the events of that game, which will come out in October, but it'll all, oh, interesting. they'll all launch at the same time. And I gotta say it, uh, the visuals on that, I were just astounding. So, you know, I lose track of the handhelds because I just feel, feel like if I were up to date with those, I'd never get any work done. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's so easy to just pick this little thing up and carry it with me and distract me everywhere I go. And so I have stayed away from those, but I was very impressed with what I saw with Blackgate. And it looked like a lot of the same game. It even had detective mode. So I felt like I was watching a, a handheld version of, um, of the first one of, of, of Arkham Asylum. Which still blew me away. I haven't played Arkham City yet, and our, you know, and Arkham Origins looks astoundingly great as well. Almost, almost oh, photo real in the cutscenes, and so, you know, uh, I saw they've been showing a sequence in the DC booth of Black Mask from Arkham Origins, and it's. I thought it was an actor, you know. I, I thought it was a live action actor walking around. Um, with damn good black mask makeup and then realize, no, it's just video. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's CG. You know, so, I have to tell you then, you know, uh, this is our consumer uh, hint for the week. Steam currently has, you can pick up uh, Batman Arkham Asylum and Batman Arkham City for 15 bucks for the two of them. Wow. It's like, it's actually less because like one's $8 and one's 5 
So, and that's the game of the year edition with all the add-ins. Yeah. Well, I got a good deal on that on the game of the year edition. You know, I, it was Nate tipped me off. The Target had that for fifteen dollars. So I, you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm content with mine. But that's a great deal on Steam. And if you prefer playing it on PC, yeah, don't. You know, there are certain games where it's just like, you know what? I know it's a lot of hype, but it's re, it's true. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a reason for that hype. And the Arkham, which did, which you know, Warner Brothers realizes they've got quite a not not just a cash cow but it's a it's a brand they're protecting and it's a brand that they that they know has great value so arkham is fantastic um so yeah so i saw that and um and that was probably the dazzling yesterday was a gaming day and i was dazzled by everything i saw so sweet yeah but but on August eighteenth, once I get the Disney Infinity, nobody bother calling me for a few days. <laughs> I'll be right there with you. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I guess that should be all for this morning. Um, if you are listening to this on iTunes, please rate us. Please tell your friends, and please uh, tell us uh, that you like this. Um, and subscribe. Uh, if you're listening to us on the Stitcher app, that's great. Uh, if you, you can also find us on www.fanboyplanet.com. I've had a few people actually ask me that recently. And as I say, um, you know, if you choose to go to the site, uh, click that PayPal button. Maybe kick in a little bit or use one of our Amazon links. And uh, and uh, you know, just keep reading the site. We've been I've been working hard to put up a lot of photos, and I'll be working hard over over the next week. I'm sure uh, updating with uh, with photographs as more people give me stuff as well. So uh, you have you know, been getting great photos for uh, for just shooting with your uh, iPhone. I mean, those have been really I'm, good. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I I was really freaked out when my when my cyber shot died out on me, and uh, then it's like, oh no, these are actually really you know, no wonder my brother, the professional photographer is frustrated uh, <laughs> digital photographer. like if i can do this no you know it, it's i am yeah so i'm feeling i'm feeling good and, and we're in that and so i'll have a lot more loading up today and um yeah so this will be the last podcast for uh out of the con um because i tomorrow morning i have to get up have to get i you know i get to get up uh, and interviewed, uh, meet face to face Jordan Hembro, the toy hunter. Yay. So I'm really excited because I just did a I just did a, a stats check uh, that uh, that he is uh, the interview I did with Jordan Hembro two years ago is the most currently the most popular article on Fanboy Planet. Wow, 500 hits in the last month. 500 people, you know, hit that article that's two years old. And so, uh, you know, it's uh, clearly people are digging this guy and we were one of the first to talk to him and to get to meet him face to face will be quite a strange thrill. And people ask me, who's the get, who's the big thing? And I'm like, that's it. I want to meet the toy hunter face to face. Uh, (laughs) So I get to do that tomorrow. So, um, I'll be back in San Jose by Tuesday. Okay. And uh, we'll I do say, a follow up next week. Uh, on- follow up next week. And earlier in the day, I think we said we we're going to try to hook up with, with Nate and do the first uh, Nate in another area. Yep. Uh, pod- I got the equipment working yesterday. And well, that's awesome. So we'll have Nate back in. And uh, 
Thanks for listening, people. If you've got any comments, feedback, anything, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. And so I shall say, uh, we, we, we didn't do yesterday. We hey, didn't. Hey, you know, we're here in Comic Con where it's black and white, but all in color for, for $3.99. Remember, use, use your, your powers, powers only, only for, good. for good. We're almost in sync. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Derek. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.